Wild women, welcome. This is the Femme Podcast. If you're new around here, I'm Jack, one half of the Femme Duo. Before you dive into today's episode, I want to give you a heads up. The Femme Podcast is on season number two. You're about to listen to an episode from season one, which was the Spiritual Smackdown podcast where we invited women to rise from rock bottom. So season one is all about the Spiritual Smackdown. Season two is all about rising from greatness to greatness. More on top of more on top of more. It's where we tap into everything your woman desires. The money, the sex, the wealth, the power, the pussy desires. Start here and then come join us for season two. We're waiting. It's like a little tap on the butt or a huge womp on the booty. A spiritual smackdown is the universe's way of saying, hey, you, it's time for a change. It's time to listen to your intuition. You know, that little voice you've been ignoring. It's time for something bigger, something miraculous. But before you get to experience those highs you got to shift through the lows. Oh, those lows. And those often start at rock bottom. Hey, I'm Rob. And I'm Jack. We're best friends and business partners. We life together, work together, play together. Basically all the things together. And somehow we ended up here. With a community of thousands of badass, beautiful women who want more from life than staying surface level. So we're going deep. This podcast is going to connect you with the woman who's been to rock bottom through the exact same thing that scares you the most. We'll address the fears that are keeping you stuck, the heartbreak you've never healed from, the broke ass months. Oh, I remember those. We're giving you all the resources you need to shift your life and business to rise so that you can finally start living a life you're wild about. So welcome to this space, a space to listen to those hard truths and learn from them. A space to connect with women who aren't pretending to have it all figured out. This is a space for women to finally understand and celebrate that rock bottom is often the very place to rise. So go ahead and fill your cup with coffee or wine and come get real with us as we spit our truth and get ready to rise. Hey ladies, since it's our job to spit real truth and have the hard conversations, We also feel like that should come with a bit of a warning. Sometimes these conversations can trigger big emotions, old stories, or wounds that you might still be healing from. Please, please, please feel free to reach out to Jack or myself at any point in time if you want to dive deeper or if you feel like you need ongoing support following our podcast. And join our community online, Femme, for the Wild Woman Ready to Rise so that you can get connected to a community of women who are probably feeling very similar to the way you're feeling right now. Hi, it's Rob. And Jack, welcome to episode three of the Spiritual Smackdown podcast for the wild woman ready to rise. Today we are diving into Robin's story and I think we could just dive right in because Rob, your story is so powerful. The waves of Smackdowns that you have been know dealt with over your life it wasn't similar to mine and you can't just pinpoint that moment you've really been riding those waves and I think a lot of women in our community are really interested and will find a lot of value in your journey let's just go there yeah for sure I mean even in getting prepared for this episode and writing our notes and having our conversations it was kind of hard to pinpoint like where does my story start 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where does it all begin? Right? Where does it where does it all begin? Do we go back to the very beginning of time? Do we go back to a pivotal moment? And I think that's so cool about smackdowns too is usually they are recognizable by this turning point in your life. Like we talked about with your story, things are going along and everything seems to be good enough. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's that womp, yeah. right? For me, I mean, my first big womp was the day my mom commits suicide. I was 11 and we had a happy enough household, you know. I remember my parents fighting and talks about finances and all of that pretty typical household chat and parental arguing and things like that. But I remember thinking it wasn't abnormal, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing sometimes, right? Like we don't feel like there's anything like there's no big like flashing neon light, you know, there's no big red flag often. Yeah, exactly. And whether or not there were big red flags to the adults in my life, I don't know. But the day that my mom walked out the door was a normal Sunday afternoon. My brothers and I were playing a game of house. I remember it so well. We were on the staircase leading upstairs and my mom often went for drives just Sunday afternoon drives and to clear her head and to get space from three kids and a husband as we can all appreciate and this day she I had asked her to was when Titanic was in the movie theaters I'm sure we can all remember swooning over Leonardo oh yeah oh yeah and I had asked my mom my mom was like my best friend and I asked her to come with us there were eight of us going to the movie theater and I asked her to come with us and she said not today I can't come today and I remember thinking why why can't you come today and anyways that got kind of brushed off and then she came to give us all hugs as she was getting ready to go for this drive and little cues kept sort of sinking in why is she so intentional with her hugs why is she lingering a little bit longer why does this goodbye feel a little bit harder than normal she closed the garage door and got in her car and I broke away from my brothers and I hopped up onto our kitchen counter and she hopped in her little car that she was so proud of. It had automatic seatbelts, which were all the rage. (laughs) And I watched that seatbelt go on and I watched her reverse out of the driveway. And I remember thinking to myself as she drove away, and this is my first remembering of the visceral feeling of embodying my intuition and hearing that voice. But I remember thinking I'm never going to see her again. Like, that's it, you know? And just at the last second, as she was driving out of sight, she turned her head and looked at me. And I just knew in that moment that everything, literally everything that we knew changed. And it was just a new beginning before her death came the new beginning in my mind had already started. Yeah, and that's something that, I mean, hearing the story, I've obviously heard it before, but that's something I've always remembered is that feeling that you had. And for me, like picturing you as an 11-year-old, like I didn't know you then, but picturing you looking at that window and you've always shared with me that knowing that you had, that like deep, intuitive knowing that life as you knew it was changed. 
Yeah, and I often think to myself now, if my intuition is that strong, that I could recognize it as an 11-year-old girl to stop playing an imaginative game. And I'm the older sister. I'm a bossy bitch, you know? So for me to walk away from that game and let my brothers be in control for a few minutes was a big deal. And to hop up on that counter. And I often think, what if I hadn't done that? What if I hadn't listened to my intuition and made that last moment of eye contact with her? Would I have had the same feeling and knowing over the next three days she went missing? And it, I mean, it was a whole three-day heartbreak. We had to find her. She, it was uh, She was on the news. I mean, it was it was tragic, you know, and that eye contact and that knowing and that moment almost created this sense of closure for me that I needed in order to move through those next three days with an ounce of safety and feeling okay with it. And it also taught me really early to trust myself. Yeah, trusting yourself. And Again, you didn't have that language at that time to know that was your intuition speaking to you, but you just had that sense and you trusted it and that's carried with you to this day. Totally. My dad always says, I'm a bit of a risk taker, you guys. And my dad always says to me, oh, Robin, you'll always land on your feet. You always seem to figure it out. And I do think it is because early on in my childhood, I was forced to really lean into that trust and just follow that intuitive voice and go for it. So obviously, I mean, that is such a giant landmark in my life. You know, there's the life before my mom died and life after my mom died. And a lot of major things happened after she died. The biggest thing for me was I leaned into living. <laughs> I got so terrified of getting stuck and lonely and bored. And to me, I directly translated my mom's suicide into this need for more, that she never listened to her own desires, that she gave all of herself, all that she had to everyone around her until her cup was literally empty. And it was so hard for her to ask for help and to do anything for herself. So from a really young age, I promised myself that I would just never get there. So I went through my life seeking fun and literally ensuring I never felt lonely. So I surrounded myself with friends. I always tried to fit in. And even when I felt like I didn't fit in, I just pretended to. How many of us can say that we've done that same thing, that you're just trying so desperately to like fit in to belong and you give up pieces of yourself you know you make sacrifices for that moment of happiness that moment of joy yeah and when your fear is to end up lifeless I mean you do everything within your power to fill every single moment with joy and for me I had this crazy example of what it looks like to let your life get away from you. So I did everything I could to grasp on to fun. I literally covered all of my pain, my bruises, my grief, my loss, the abandonment wounds, 
everything that occurred over throughout that process, I covered it with fun and by saying yes and by never allowing myself to sit in it in fear of completely losing myself. Yeah. And as, as someone like when we met, even like thinking of all that, we were just out there having fun. It was a good time. You were always the life of the party. And I remember at times thinking like it was easy to forget what you had already been through in your life. It was easy to forget the experience and your mom's suicide. Well, I didn't embody it. You didn't embody it. Yeah. There have been very distinct times in my life where I have had to own parts of my story that I literally disembodied. So abandonment is a big one. I remember standing on a beach in Costa Rica a few years ago. I was watching the waves roll over my feet in and out. I had my firstborn attached to my chest in a carrier. And I was literally standing there thinking, I have been abandoned. I have been left. I have been alone. I have been hurt. And and that is okay. But in order to accept that that had happened to me, I had to really own that part of my story and recognize it. And literally until I was 28, no, because Wave was born when I was 30. So until I was 30 years old, I didn't even recognize that abandonment was such a huge part of my story. So it's no wonder that you couldn't see that in me because I literally didn't see it in myself. Yeah. And what did this result in? Like when you were just constantly chasing that fun and like chasing joy, but not acknowledging other pieces of things that were living inside you of your story? Well, first of all, trying to live in a constant state of joy, not only for yourself, but for other people. I had two brothers that I wanted to feel happy. My heart was broken for my dad. I needed to make sure that my dad felt some sort of joy all of my mom's friends, I felt this responsibility to not only find joy for myself, but also for our community that she left behind. And also for my mom, I took on the responsibility of, okay, she couldn't find the joy any longer. I'm going to go seek it for her. So I had zero personal boundaries. I had zero ability or desire to say no to any adventure, to any wild night out, to any boy, to any new friend, to any opportunity, to anything that felt like it could elevate me in the moment or make my current experience. I was never thinking long term. I was literally living for joy in each moment. And you can imagine as I grew older and met my future husband, as we started talking about families, as we started looking at houses together and we got a dog and we were trying to sort out long-term plans, having no personal boundaries is a big problem. And it resulted in big problems. So for me, not embodying and almost denying where I had been and come from in order to make up for that led me to a place of self-destruction and total self-sabotage. It led me to addiction. It led me to limitless fuck-ups. 
zero personal boundaries, no self-care or self-love. I mean, I found myself at the age of 29 married with a dog and a house living on my friend's living room floor because I literally couldn't figure it out. And my poor husband, who also played a part in everything, of course, but he didn't even know what was going on. He was on the outside looking in thinking, where's the woman I married? What the hell is happening? And the integration of my story, in order for me to fully own my story and the things that happened to me, everything had to literally come undone. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I literally lived on my friend's laundry room floor for a month. That's where the beginning, like that was a new beginning for you. Yeah. That was the place to start from. And before that, Now, looking back, it was like seeing this pattern of always chasing freedom. Freedom. And thank you for saying that because, I mean, that was a huge theme in my life. And my belief before this smackdown was that you could not have freedom and roots, that you couldn't be a wild spirit and have a foundation. I really, truly believed that I couldn't have a mortgage and live in a van, that I couldn't have children and a career, that I couldn't be happily married and fulfilled sexually or intimately or feel like a sexy-ass woman, you know? I literally thought that everything that tied me down was restrictive. And this smackdown taught me to fuck that I can have all of the things. I can have the wild and the roots. I can have the foundation and the freedom. I can have the house and the RV, which I do now. I can have the children and the career. And this smackdown, breaking down every single destructive belief that I had built my lifestyle on from the time I was 11, watching my mom drive away, It broke down everything I believed and allowed me to finally start creating, start creating because it was a long ass journey from that living room floor, but it allowed me to start creating a life that at one point I truly didn't think I could have. And how did that shift for you? Because you do live this so beautifully now and have like these boundaries. How did you start to say yes to the things that lit you up? Like, how did you create these boundaries? How did you start saying no? Oh, boy. Okay. I mean, the first things I did, I quit drinking. I stopped partying. Because for me, like I said earlier, I'm an all yes person. It's really easy for me to say yes. It is very hard for me to say no. Even today, I have to really practice and become so intentional with my no's And even beyond that, I have to get really clear on why I'm saying no. So getting super clear in my vision for what I want in my life is the only thing that allows me to very clearly know what I don't want. So I stopped drinking, stopped partying to get a clear mind, you know, to get back in my body and to really start owning my decisions which gave me power again. That gave me power and clarity and safety. I felt safe with myself, you know, safe that I wasn't going to self-destruct or self-sabotage. And that was the most powerful thing I ever did. I started journaling every single day. I stopped everything on 
the business front. So by this stage, I was running my own business. I was a full-time wedding planner. I had quit my serving job a couple years previous. So I was all in. I had, I don't remember exactly, but probably like 25 weddings that were all counting on me to be planned and executed. And luckily, this smackdown happened in the winter, so it wasn't full on, but I literally just, I shut down. I made yoga a priority. I went to at least one, sometimes three yoga classes a day. I cut out toxic relationships, toxic people that weren't serving me. I connected with families of people that were. So mother figures I welcomed back in. Mother nature I got super connected to. I allowed friends to take care of me. I allowed myself for the first time in forever to be nurtured and nourished, which since then, you know, is, I mean, it's my, it's hard to imagine a time when that wasn't part of your life now. But I mean, I know it wasn't, but you are so good at taking the time for yourself and being intentional and self nurturing that I can't even imagine the you that doesn't incorporate that. I know. And honestly, if you look back, that was only four years ago. Like this transformation feels like a lifetime because it was so transformational. But in four years, I healed a marriage based on those principles. I've had two children. We got through a miscarriage together. We've bought a second house. We've bought an RV. All of these things that I never thought I deserved, my smackdown not only made me realize hey, you can have these things, but also inspired me to go out and get them. Something you just said that I really want to dive into, because I think this is something that a lot of women feel that you didn't think you deserved. Oh my God. Yeah. And I still don't know where that belief came from. I think that's true for a lot of women, though. It's not like something happened that made them think they didn't deserve it. It's just this like, feeling of unworthiness of not deserving because there isn't like this big thing that they're like oh yes like this is what I deserve like they have a hard time owning their desires owning their worth yeah so you can imagine as the woman inside a marriage how much work it took me to go from being in that place of you know living on the laundry room floor having none of my shit together to earning and learning my worth and really understanding that I was not only deserving of having a healthy marriage and being loved, but also of all of the other stuff on top of that, you know, the lifestyle, the income, the business, the friendships. And that you stopped really feeling like you had to choose one or the other. If you stopped living in this or world that you were able to have both. And what you really recognized here was the power of choice that you had, that you stopped living in that, I can only have this or this. Like you started to actually believe that you could have it all and that you were worthy of having it all. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the power of that was that it f- I finally gave myself permission to choose me and to choose myself and to really get clear on what I wanted, right? 
just because I had been abandoned didn't mean I had to abandon myself, my vision, my dreams, my joy. And that's exactly what I discovered on the floor of that laundry room was I actually can have it all. And just because the example I've had, you know, my mom who couldn't exactly find that for herself doesn't mean that that is how my life is going to end up to. Her story doesn't have to be my story. I get to rewrite this. I get to choose the next chapter and fill my pages with everything that I desire. And that was a big, big, big revelation for me. And I think that's why we say like, that's why rock bottoms are the place to rise because they're the place where you really are almost forced to dive in and do the work and find that place within yourself and growth happens from there. Oh, totally. And for me, I mean, I had to literally learn how to love myself again. I had to learn how to forgive myself. And is there anything harder than that? Like learning how to forgive who you are as a woman when you feel so broken and like such a failure. Well, you know me, I could talk about forgiveness forever. And I think that it's part of all of our journeys and our smackdown is learning to forgive yourself. And you have shared clear things that you wanted to forgive yourself for. In my smackdown, I definitely went through a process of forgiving myself for a lot of things from my past. A lot of the choices that I had made that led to where I ended up, you know, that led to my spiritual smackdown. And I think in my story, it's easier to put the blame outside of myself, to put the blame on Craig and think that he was the only person that needed to be forgiven. But there was a lot of self-forgiveness that happened in my journey as well. And I think that's part of all of our journeys is learning how to forgive ourselves. Yes, I could not agree more. And for me, the powerful part of that self-forgiveness process was learning how to integrate who I was, the woman I had been for those almost 20 years, integrating her with who I wanted to become, really not trying to separate her or to avoid her or hate her, you know, but really learning to love her for all of the mistakes she had made, for all of the choices and decisions she had made, and really learning to accept that my journey had gotten me here to this point of choosing again and rewriting and really taking ownership of my entire story. I believe that that self-forgiveness and learning to love myself in that entirety is really what allowed me to heal. And this is ongoing for me. You know, I still have days where the guilt and shame seeps back in and I have to practice that process of self-forgiveness and go through the motions of healing, but it's so quick now. It doesn't consume me. It doesn't throw me off for a very long time. You know, I can say a prayer. I can meditate. I can connect with spirit. I can take a deep breath and ground myself and recognize who I am in this moment is who I want to be because of where I've been. And I no longer hate that woman. And that's such an important part of it, though, is being able to embrace all the bits of you, being able to embrace all the parts of your journey. 
I think what's really powerful there too is how you said like these things will still keep coming up. The work is never done and that now you have the tools just to like transform and like move through things more quickly and with ease. Totally. And and that's such a similar thing that we were talking about in your story as well. And I bet every woman we talked to would say something similar that these are our lessons. You know, these are our big lessons. And just like a marriage takes constant work and checking in with each other and fine tuning and growing, so does our relationship with self. Since I was a young child, I have really had to continually check in with myself. And now as a grown woman, I recognize what a gift that is, you know, that I have the ability to bring awareness to how I'm feeling in any given day and realign, right? Get back in flow when I'm feeling in a funk. And what a great thing that this podcast is going to allow us to start sharing that toolkit with women around the world. But having that toolkit has literally saved my life and my marriage so many times over and over and over again. And yeah, because neither of us had this toolkit just a few short years ago. Like my SmackDown was three years ago. You were four years ago. And before that, we had not even dove into any type of soul work, right? Yeah. Jack wouldn't even go to a yoga class for like she wouldn't even lay in Shavasana. Yeah. I was like power yoga, sweat it out. And now I literally go to yoga for Shavasana. Like I do not move off my mat the majority of the time. And four years ago, I had no personal boundaries. And now I am literally a walking boundary. I like taser off the shit that doesn't belong. Yeah, you, you know, you impress me with your boundaries for sure. Gosh, even think about like journaling for me, like, you know how much I sit and write now and I had never even opened a journal before. Mm-hmm. Meditation has become huge for both of us. Prayer, being in each other's energy for prayer. That's become huge. And I mean, that was something that was really apparent for me right from the beginning and throughout my SmackDown was the support and the women that we surround ourselves with and like our goddess sisters, our soul sisters and being on this path together. And again, this is why we're here and sharing these stories. This is where the important connection and work lies. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for being here with us today. I mean, sharing our stories has been vulnerable and no matter how many times we go through this work together or with clients, it's always vulnerable. It's always hard to relive literally for me, the days on the laundry room floor and for Jack. Yeah. Like those were the hardest days of my life. Like that eight months was not an easy point in my journey, but it is what brought me here today. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. So if this is what a dramatic change Jack and I can have, and if we can learn how to use and integrate all of these tools in three or four short years to experience such huge transformations, you guys have the decision to start today. You can either wait for your spiritual smackdown to come and womp you down 
Or you can listen to those little taps. You can listen to those little intuitive voices or pay attention to those little nudges that you're getting from the universe to dive in. And guys, if you are a signs person, let it be a sign that you are here listening to this podcast today and take it as a hint or a clue to start diving into your own soul work. Yeah, look at your life and where you're currently sitting and what you desire, what's not serving you. Ask the hard questions today. So for me, some of the hard questions that you can take from this story today, what parts of my story am I not owning? Journal it out for a second. What things have happened to you that you're not taking ownership for? What beliefs do I have that aren't aligned with the life I want to live? In my case, it was believing I couldn't have freedom and roots. What is it that you're carrying with you that's not serving you? Are there parts of your being that you are avoiding because you're afraid to face her? And what hard truths are you avoiding or covering up with fun, with addiction, with emotional eating, with noncommittal relationships? And that's a big one, you guys. What truths are you avoiding? What's happening in your life, coming face to face with your fears, with your struggles, with the relationships that aren't serving you, with your failures, coming face to face with these things, it's what is what is going to accelerate you on your path. Those are the things that are going to help you evolve and shift from where you are to where you want to be. So don't be afraid to bring those things into focus. And when you start to do that, and when you start to really get real with yourself, you're really going to start to see what's possible. And the last question, you guys, Jack and I feel so strongly about this one. What are you denying yourself? What are you denying yourself? What do you believe you're not worthy of? What do you believe you can't have? And what can you do to rewrite that story? It's all about rewriting the stories, guys. Thank you guys for joining us. This, we are just getting started here, guys. We are so excited to be bringing you interviews with other women and sharing more hard truths with you. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, subscribe in iTunes, and we will see you next week. Bye, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us today. There really is nothing better than bringing a group of grown-ass women together. So go ahead and hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and come get real with us every week as we spit our truths and get ready to rise. And if you know other women down to get real, please do us a favor and share this episode on the socials. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at ForTheWildFemme so we can give you a shout out. Instagram is definitely our favorite place to hang. So come join the combo there. And we'll see you back here each and every Thursday. Thank you so much for being here. Get ready to rise.